Married to who? Podcast, podcast, Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex. Terry's also here. This week, we are here to talk about The Dominators, written by Norman Ashby, directed by Morris Berry, aired August the 10th through September the 7th, 1968. Before we get into our discussion, it's time for everybody's favorite podcast segment, Cody's 50-second plot synopsis. Under my go. <laughs> uh, we're on a planet of the Dulcians. They're very peaceful. It turns out they have some radioactivity there. Some other folks want that radioactivity, and they land and they're the Dominators with their good friends, the Quirks. Beep, boop, blow you up, stuff like that. And then we have our good friend, Team Tardis. The Doctor and Zoe and Jamie show up, and ha-la-da, we're in the middle of this giant... Uh, nothing burger, nothing happens for three episodes. Let's skip to episode four. <laughs> uh, the Dominators are taking over everything, and they're enslaving all the Dulcians. Like, you're gonna work for us, and we're gonna drill, and we're gonna seed this thing, we're gonna steal all your radiation, or whatever. And the Dulcians are like, oh no, how will we defend ourselves? And then Jamie just, like, points at himself, and then blows them all up. And they're all dead now. And the Dulcians are fine. Time! Pretty good. Not so bad. <laughs> Pretty encompassing, really. Did Pod Baby fall out of bed? I don't know. Did he? <laughs> I heard a large noise upstairs. Sucks to be Pod Baby. <laughs> hey, Terry. Yes. Um, around this time, about ten years ago, Doctor Who magazine did a poll where they ranked all Doctor Who episodes. There were 156 classic Doctor Who stories. Where do you think this one fell on that list? <clears throat> oh, boy. 141. What? My man. Tatters. Alex. Put it there. <laughs> uh, this is clearly better than a lot of the, show- the episode stories we've seen. I'm going... 21. Nothing makes me happier than you two being 120 <laughs> apart. Yeah. And Terry is going to not get any points. Jill? <laughs> I was going to say 24, but it's too close to 21. No, nah, do it. So you're, you're, you'll not. be a winner. It is too close. Say what you want. Okay. 24. <laughs> we need the whiteboards. Bring the whiteboards back. Sam. Uh, Jake. Yeah. What's up? Uh, you know, just podcasting. <laughs> Get a shift on. 35. Cody? 75. Alex? Yeah. You owe Terry an apology. It is 150. No! Okay, we're done. What's the point of even doing this anymore? These people are trash people. I don't nah. understand. I'm so good. They're Terry. They're all Terry's. What? We don't need a 
pole of all Terry's. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> we don't even need the one we have. Oh no. <laughs> no one asked for this. This story was way better than a lot of the than stories we've seen. Of them. This is the best. Yeah. Classic Our Halloween story so costume far. for next year is from this story. The costumes were incredible. <laughs> Hold on, I have to know, are you actually going to be a denominator or are you going to be a dominator? Uh, no, a denominator. Like the lower number of the higher. <laughs> What's a dominator? That's, that's what they were, right? No, they're there denominators. Is... Isn't Alex, it... <laughs> you said something really dumb just now when you said that the costumes were awesome. <laughs> they were. Did you not see those? D- they were shoulder what? dudes. It was you mean awesome. the lampshades? No, the, dr- the dresses with like the weird French <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Yeah. The Alex chiffon around the one piece swimsuits. I loved it. It was so good. The incredibly boxy, weird robot beep boop arm swing outies that's asymmetrical in height. Yeah. You know who really hated the costumes? Everyone who acted on this show. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure they hated it. Like, yeah, that would have been bad. Those lampshades cut at the worst area. Why were the girls' skirts (laughs) see-through? They were essentially just wearing swimsuits. Because it was awesome. And why were some of them so short? Not just the girls. Yeah. Well, the poor, the poor main guy. I don't know any of their names. Like Kali. I, oh yeah, Kali. Yeah. He uh, he he was on the DVD uh, making of. He was a million years old now, but he was like, "Why am I the one that doesn't have like sleeves? <laughs> why why are my arms and legs out the whole time?" Because Bro, he's he's, he's a baller. That dude's an ox. Yeah. He's got the <laughs> farmer's hand body. He's a doer. I feel like there was an age limit. Like, once you hit above 50, then you got sleeves and a longer towel to wear. Otherwise, everyone had, like, the medium towels. We and only then... <laughs> saw the council as, like, the other Dalsons, right? And... The well, they're, teacher. they're the crew that uh, Kali brought to the island at the beginning. It's like a fun excursion right. that all died. Yeah, so those people weren't in like the big long dresses. Right, because they're of younger age and of not importance. I'm thinking that is like official like garb is like the big long thing. Hmm. Like the, the council, where's where's that? Because like if you look at uh, like Time Lords, Time Lords have that big fucking helmet thing, yeah. and no one the else young does. Guy who is like captured, like with the crew in the last three episodes, like one of the captured. He's not on the council. He's just a young dude. And he's I can't remember. Did he have a big dress? Yeah. Oh. I don't know, man. Can I tell you my favorite part? Oh, yeah, might as well. Okay. This is burn it eight minutes in. So, <laughs> <laughs> when they start making, like, the homemade bombs, and the first one is, like, a sparkler, and then <laughs> they're in, they're in the, uh, what's it called? Quarry. Quarry. And the first one, like, goes off, and I'm like, yep, that's about what I expected. And then the second one goes off <laughs> and blows the three to smithereens, and there's a leg left. I was laughing so Episode 4 was a fucking meme. I love how when Jamie's throwing the vial at those, 
he decides that they are directly underneath him. They don't have to be. He's making an acting choice. And he just does just the, just like the weakest little just toss of this vial. Just like barely dropping it like he's playing Plinko on The Price is Right. (laughs) There you go. It's the best scene in Doctor Who thus far. Speaking of Plinko (laughs) on The Price is Right, the chance of that boulder hitting that quirk when being rolled down a mountain. Was 100% because it it was Jamie's idea. Couldn't miss. Not a chance. Impossible. We brought this up last week when someone in the wheel of space, someone's like, oh man, the doctor's really just dismissive of Jamie. The doctor just knows. Jamie's out there just doing it. It's like, I just have to come up with a plan. When I get to the end, Jamie will be there having killed everybody and then I can do my part. Don't have to worry about anything. Well, and the doctor just enabled him and the other guy just to go on a killing spree. Like, hey, I made these bombs. Go have some fun. <laughs> yep. It's like this was Jamie's like best self. <laughs> just, yeah. He's finally completely realized. I'm surprised he didn't stay there and be king. <laughs> like, this totally seems like with companions in the past, this would be the kind of story where Jamie would just be like, I'm just going to live here because uh, these people kind of need me. Is never allowed to leave. He couldn't do violence, he would go crazy. He literally blew up all the quarks. He's the entire military of the Delsians. He would rule over everyone. Anytime anyone got in his face or, like, told him no, he would just, like, do, like, the bully, like, major flinch thing. Like, just (laughs) go at him real quick. And they'd be like, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Give him the pump fake. (laughs) That's some real clan McCrimmon shit. Also, the... (laughs) two guys just leave they're like zoe stay here and then they get back and they're like where's zoe she's away <laughs> no All they, right. they invite her she chooses to stay oh that's they're right like like zoe you coming she's like nah that's right I forgot. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hang out with this dude he seems cool even <laughs> though he seems like the worst until like when he's so we'll get into it later there's a lot of issues with the writing in the story a lot of uh where a lot of hands in the in the kitchen <laughs> but uh it it starts out, this dude's just, like, goofy, and it's kind of like a comedy, and he's just being really flippant. And then, so Zoe's like, oh, I'll just hang out with this guy. And he's like, oh, we'll get you some clothes. Hey, at least you look like a girl now. And then, uh, yeah. what, by that, he means, at least your bottoms are transparent. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then at once, but once he hooks up with Jamie, he's just like locked in. Like, what you need, boss, <laughs> I'm yours forever. <laughs> I will do this. Can we touch on uh, Zoe's first outfit, though? She looked you like a really... She's 15. You can't touch her at all. <sighs> okay. I'll Consent. S- I'll stop. <laughs> she, was, she, w- she was wearing that in the last story we yeah, did. Yeah, that was her outfit from the previous story. We're continuation. This is called... Um... Continuity. Right, yeah. Have you... Well, something must have happened to it during that continuity shift because she got she looked like a really horny Care Bear like her what? her top was not okay Terry we needed well. we need a picture posted everyone in the stop. Discord, please everyone stop that's an insane thing to say and I know exactly what you mean <laughs> what the hell yeah I was kind of glad when she changed outfits but I was like oh man 
that comment into he had the to say. she changed into, though? That's better than a horny <laughs> Care Bear? Oh, man, wait till next episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of continuity, they come out of the TARDIS referencing what we talked about last time. So at, at the end of the last story, the Doctor puts on this helmet and starts showing Zoe evil of the Daleks to be like, are you sure you want to come with us? And they, we mentioned they did that because they were the next, you know, six weeks they were re-airing um, Evil of the Daleks in between the two seasons. They were having their summer break. And then they come out of the TARDIS being like, or the Doctor being like, oh man, it really takes it out of you projecting your memories like that. And so they're continuing to include that weird-ass break into the continuity of Doctor Who, which is just crazy. Yeah, it's... It's a time machine. They can they can jump. That's really weird. We're talking about this on November 8th. On November 1st this year, BritBox just dropped all of these little interstitials for the classic stories with those actors as their current selves in the memory TARDIS doing little scenes that can to connect all of their stories together. It's a... Uh, Super fun to watch on Breakbox, check, or I mean on uh, iPlayer, check those out. But uh, it's weird to have that happen and this happen for us all in the same week. Remember, remember, the 8th of November. <laughs> the Kachi's <laughs> courage and plot. Hey, okay. Jill. Okay, yep. I was about to talk. You were very upset at Cody's vote. No, Tell me why Harry's. this was good. Harry's yep. vote. You know, dudes are all the same. Get wrecked, uh, dudes. So I really like the like seeing how the multiple crews work together, like the people that live there who have a name. Um, like it's just fun to see the different dynamics. The Dulcians. Yeah, and then the like Dominators dynamics too. But I like I thought the Cork was like the greatest monster we've seen. Like way better <laughs> than Daleks or Cybermen. Like why aren't we using Corks all the time? That's what I want to see come back. You are, you are the antithesis of everyone who's ever seen this story. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the general feeling is exactly the opposite of that. But why? Like they're so powerful. The quarks are awesome. They, they can do so many things. They, they run don't out give of batteries. Their arms can't go straight. Like <laughs> they're cares? poorly they designed. They don't Remember need to. Daleks don't. <laughs> when they connected with each other to like neutralize something. Bzzz. Well, they, they connected to share their energy because, like, one had seven units of energy and one had five. So they're like, oh, even that out. Okay, boom, we both have six. <laughs> they just had so many abilities and it's way cooler than just, like, killing someone. Like, their, like, zero gravity thing or, like, whatever they were doing. Like... Oh, the the atom the yeah. atom thing with the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's... A, they just had so many cool traits. Yeah, you way scarier than Kevin. absolutely insane. <laughs> Every time the quirks showed up no. on screen for like five seconds, Sam would just she would look at me, <laughs> do the arm thing, and give me beep boops, and then like pinch her hands because I got the stupid okay. claws. Okay, if they looked different but had the same abilities, would you think they're better? Is is it really just the look that is throwing you guys off? I am a quirk well, yeah, the, the, next year. I mean, uh, yeah, that looks terrible. That's everything. We have. No, their abilities is what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, their abilities are fine. They're, you know, <laughs> okay. they, they're robots. They can do stuff. But who? I, I, there's a quote from the writers. So 
before we move on, we should talk about the writers. It's credited as Norman Ashby. That's a pseudonym. This was written by Mervyn, Mervyn Hazeman and Henry Lincoln. They wrote the two Yeti stories that we've seen so far. They were, those were super successful, so they were asked to write a third one. It was kind of going off the rails. The script editor, who was Derek Sherwin, was asking them to like do rewrites. And they were coming in so slowly that eventually he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to write it myself. And from their perspective, they were saying, like, they were trying to call the office and no one was getting back to them. So that's why they were taking so slow. So Derek Sherwin took the last three episodes. This was supposed to be a six-parter. Took the last three episodes along with his assistant, Terrence Dix, who's going to be a huge name in Doctor Who going forward. And wrote them down into two. And just kind of changed the tone of the story. Like, it was supposed to be a lot funnier and a lot more of, like, a farce. He changed a ton of it. So these guys were like, well, this isn't even ours anymore. We can't put our name on it. So the name Norman Ashby is the names of both of their fathers-in-law. Because <laughs> uh, it's they're just like, we don't, we don't want our names on this. It's not even ours anymore. But to get back to what Jill was talking about, the, the, or Jill and Alex, the look of them, they came up with a look. They drew the Dominators, and they were so positive that these were going to be the new Daleks because we don't have access to the Daleks right now. Terry Nation has taken them away. That's why there's so many Cybermen stories. They're like, these are going to be the new Daleks. They tried going around the BBC's back and making a toy deal. They were basically banned by the BBC forever <laughs> for that. And on the documentary, they ha they show like doc like letters back and forth of the BBC being like, like everything's like so posh and polite, but then ends with like, go fuck yourself. Uh. <laughs> They're hilarious. By the way, they in their notes are like, what makes the Daleks successful is that they don't look like a man in a costume. So that's what we got to do. And then they designed something that just looks like a man in a costume. <laughs> it just looks like a kid walking around with a box around his waist. And that's exactly what it was. In, in that point of view, like, kids could dress up as them very easily, which, you know. Oh, yeah. No, Terry could make that for your kids in half an hour. Yeah. And then when they <laughs> fall over, you can pick them up manually. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. I, I would argue that the quarks for the time that they were on TV look no less stupid than any Dalek, any Cybermen, any Cybermat. I love the Cybermats. Like they, to, in my opinion, they're they're the best out of everything we've seen so far. And you know, you could be right about some of that, but the issue is like when the Daleks look the stupidest is when they put a, take them out to a quarry and make them roll around because they're not able to. And so in this story, the director has them out in a quarry walking and they can't move. The kids <laughs> inside the costumes, and they were children from a local theater group, they can't see, they can't move. So direct your story in a way that they don't have to do those things. Might have been let down by the directing and possibly the writing. I don't think they were let down. No. <laughs> they were awesome. But... To be more positive, I do like this story. I don't think it deserves to be where it is. No. I think the dominor dominators should be more prevalent. Like, just those two were so interesting to me. 
Well, so in particular, the the main guy, Terry will look up his name. The one that tries to murder everything? No, no, no. No, the, the, the leader who keeps telling him to yeah. stop murdering oh, everything. Okay. Like, that actor's incredible. Yeah. And everyone on set loved him. They said he was just, like, so cool and, like, such a great actor. But yeah, he, he's super dope. I, I really like the first episode, and I like four and five. Like, when, when it's just like, hey, action mode, Jamie. Like, yeah, who doesn't like that? And then when it's, you know, doctor doing doctory stuff to make bombs and dig tunnels and, you know, go plant seeds on the enemy ship. Like, yeah, that's fucking great. So apart from like that, you know, those couple episodes in the middle, it, like everything we look for is there. And even those scenes, like a lot of things people were complaining about in the documentary was the scenes where people are just sitting in a room talking. That's half of Doctor Who. Like yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who is built on people sitting in a room talking. <laughs> that's just that's what the show. That's what sci-fi is. That's what 90 percent of Star Trek is. It's just you didn't like this one. I was happy to see a quarry. <laughs> well, yeah. But like people sitting in a, in a room being indecisive and Jamie yelling, saying, fuck you guys, we got to do something. That's what we've been watching for the last two years. So like, I don't know why this one is the one that fandom decides they don't like. They're wrong. Rago is played by Ronald Allen. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I really like the the dynamic between the dominators, uh, that the two dominators that we saw, and it made me want to see more stories with dominators to like really, because what what were they called? Like the conquerors of seven galaxies or something? Like thirteen, the thirteen galaxies, the thirteen. Yeah, like that's that sounds so cool, and they have like this huge fleet that feeds off of exploding planets. Like, man, I want to see that story. Yeah, it's weird that, like, that we've never seen, like, of all the things that have been brought back, and the Dominators might not be a fan favorite story, but it is a very often discussed story. <laughs> so it is, it is in, like, the zeitgeist of Doctor Who fandom, and it's talked about all the time. So it would be one where you think you would have seen somebody in the last 18 years be like, hey, what if we got the Dominators right? Like, let's try it. Yeah. No, the quarks. Well, do not the quarks care come about the with dominators. the Dominators. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, you know, I mean, two peas in the Now pot. that I'm thinking about it, is Tim Shaw kind of like a Dominator who's like lost? <laughs> Tim Shaw is just the predator. Like, yeah. They just ripped that yeah. off. All right. Tim Shaw's just toothy guy. I cannot believe they ended Jody's era without bringing back Tim Shaw. Like, what a fucking <laughs> coward. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe if COVID hadn't happened and we had a full season, but like, come on. Joe, what else you got? I like Zoe. Yeah. Oh. The cat. Oh, boy. Sorry. Cat's at the window meowing. <laughs> <laughs> so... There's there's a scene that I particularly love in this when the Doctor and Zoe are on the Dominator ship and the Dominators leave them alone for a minute and they're able to run around and look at stuff. And the Doctor's like trying to figure it out and but he's already at like step three and then Zoe gets to step two and he kind of makes fun of her like, oh, is that right? Is that what it is? And she's like, 
Aw. And he just gives her a smile and he's like, you know, you're you're doing your best. And then she goes like, I thought you wanted my help. He's like, I do. I was just making a joke. It's cool. <laughs> but it's she's getting to show off multiple times in this her intelligence and it's it's fun to have that dynamic with the doctor. Full disclosure, I had to Google where she came from because I completely forgot that story. <laughs> it has it has been a little while since we last recorded. I was like, oh yeah, she was the really smart one. That was obviously going to be a companion. The classic, like, they all went and did their own thing and then come together at the end, which I don't love. Like, it's be fun to see them work together a little more, but, you know, at least the good guys win. And it was cool to see them all doing their own thing. Well, and usually there's like one companion that stays with the doctor and then the others go mingle with the locals. And in this one, it was like Zoe left right away and it was Jamie and the doctor. And then they swapped. And instead of Zoe being with Colin, then Jamie was with Colin and Zoe was with the doctor. And so they they were kind of in tag teams, but not all together at once. And it's pretty rare you're going to get all of them together ever. Lame. That is funny, though, that she just immediately adapted to, like, doing the slave labor. And she's like, okay, work harder. Like, everyone go. <laughs> like, why are they taking orders from her? She's fucking jazz, man. This is her first trip. Like, she just left home. She's ready she's to like, go. She's like, is this what we do? We just go to the locals and <laughs> work? This is great. <laughs> slave labor? I have a question. No, Terry. Oh, we talked about this last time. You're not allowed to announce questions. Are we taking questions? Yes. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> Listen to the episode we just dropped yesterday. This is heavily discussed. No. <laughs> um, uh, so the doctor's sonic screwdriver, does he connect it to one of the guns in the museum in order to dig out the tunnel? Or is that no. what his screwdriver looks like? He points the screwdriver at the wall and says, it's not just a screwdriver. And this is the first instance of the the screwdriver can do whatever the fuck we want it to. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, it did look like there's a bit on the end. I don't know what it was. But I I didn't know that this went previously when I said we'll see the screwdriver again. I was not referencing this story. I didn't know we saw it. A fun surprise. I'm kind of sad that the first uh, group of people that Cully brings to the island died because they were far more energetic and jazzy than the sad students and professor. Dear God, those three were just like wet <laughs> mops on stage. And it's like, oh man, the others were so much better. It's weird because like the the writers, because this is the summer of 68 when they're shooting this and airing it. And, you know, Next year's the summer of love. It's it's all peace and hippie shit. So they're like, oh, what if, what if this like peacefulness went to like the furthest degree, where a a people was so peaceful that if they were to be invaded, they didn't they didn't have anything they could do. Like they didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. What would happen then? So that's that's what the writers had in mind. That's why they wrote this story. But. uh to take the step that because they're so peaceful, they f don't understand science anymore is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like they, it's just like, 
oh, they, they forgot the scientific method. Their new logic is if I can't in a moment prove something not to be true, then it must be true. <laughs> so when, when the doctor and company are like, oh, we're from another world, they're like, that makes sense because <laughs> we asked you one question and you didn't know the answer. So clearly you guys are aliens. I mean, they are aliens, <laughs> but <laughs> like the their methods for getting there are insane. I, for one, welcome our new overlords. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did love the first death by Quark. Because uh, it sh- they, like, liquefied the girl. Yeah. Like, they had her image, and she when just... they just burned a photograph. Yeah, that they, like, so melted sick. her away. It was. And it's, then... like, the simplest effect to do, but it it was kind of... When I saw it, I was like, that's kind of a bit much. Yeah, it was a <laughs> lot. Like, kids watching and this? And then it just turned into, oh, my body's smoking. I guess I die now. It's like, oh, all the scary death parts are just gone. But that was kind of cool, too. I, I was trying to... Like, think of how they did that. <laughs> like, have the smoke come out of someone's outfit like that. Eh, it's just a squib with smoke under it. Yeah. A what? A squib? What's that? Yeah, a squib. Uh, it's a thing you put under your clothes and, like, explodes out. Like, when, when people get shot in TV shows and it, like, shoots out blood. Yeah. It's a person born from magical parents that don't have magical <laughs> powers. <laughs> it's Filch. <laughs> all right have a good night everybody <laughs> i did love that like that first tour group though of you just see the picture of the island on the screen and it's super far away and then moments later the girl's like hey are you gonna stop us and they immediately crash like how fast was <laughs> yeah. this cruise ship going <laughs> well because he's like we're just gonna go until the alarm goes off that the radiation's getting high and it doesn't because there's no more radiation <laughs> and they just crash. Do you remember when they blew up the literally looking like a UFO spaceship? Yeah. Yeah. The spaceship was a little on the nose. I mean, we've had some cool spaceships in the past, like in the rescue and I mean, that was half their budget. But... I like that explosion, too. All the explosions were hilarious. Oh, there, was... Just... <laughs> there was a really cool shot in the story where um, the TARDIS crew is walking in the studio. And it's, the studio is made up to look like the quarry and the spaceships in the background. And they did that by painting the spaceship on a piece of glass and having the piece of glass right up against the camera. And then the people walking on the set in the background, and then it puts the spaceship right where it's supposed to be. Uh, that was cool as hell. That's mm-hmm. cool. The set designer for this, who Terry's going to look up, uh, he's on the DVD a lot. And talking about all the stuff they did, including that shot, like the the painted sheets in the like high council room that shows the city in the background. And all he does is complain about how bad a job he did in the story i think all the sets are fantastic especially like my favorite is the dominator spaceship i think it's incredible like it it has like four distinct quadrants and every time they go somewhere like you know what that area does and then it has like the center control and i think it's a really well designed or story Although I agree the Dominator ship is an exceptional set, your statement where you said, I think all the sets were exceptional is factually inaccurate and honestly insulting. 
90% of the set was quarry. Rock, more dirt, gravel, and Yeah, are those quarry. not cool? Product, that's not a set. That's a location. Fight okay. me. But when the production designer recreates the quarry in the studio, I think he does an incredible job. I can't get behind the foam rock and then telling people <laughs> to pretend it's heavy. Like, at least just give them something heavy. So the acting part is easy because they can't act a heavy rock for their fucking life. Yeah. Put some liquid in your coffee cup, friends, and make the make the rock weigh something. <laughs> Yeah, people drinking out of empty cups is actually annoying. <laughs> I watched like four episodes of Friends this week in deference to Matthew Perry. Did they drink out of empty coffee cups? Oh, yeah. Constantly. <laughs> oh, I suppose they were always at the coffee shop. Yeah, it's like the whole point of that show. <laughs> I think the set designer or designer is uh, Barry Newberry. Yes, it is. Oh, well, you knew that? Well, then why didn't you say it? Well, now that you say it, I just I just watched the <laughs> making of documentary like okay. two hours ago. But he's all over it. He's incredible. Um, everyone. So like the actors complained about the clothes, but they actually kind of liked the story. The makeup artist, she liked the story. The only people that don't like the story are the people that wrote it and had it taken away from them. And then the guy who took it away from them and actually wrote it. <laughs> They're the ones really <laughs> complaining about it. And the people and, who uh, watch it, apparently. Wow. I mean, these are Doctor Who fans. They're all fucking pricks. <laughs> but uh, there's one point where they only have one of the writers who's still alive when they made when they did this interview. I, who knows when it was? They're not always original interviews just for these documentaries. But... Uh, he he goes, there's so many great Doctor Who stories that are missing. And of course, this is the one where the whole damn thing exists. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and he wrote it. Oh. it but like, that's how they end the documentary. Like, the documentary is just like, hey, look at this piece of shit. <laughs> I, I loved it. It's so good. I, I liked it. I was very happy to watch it. I felt it. like when I was watching it, it was going by so fast. And then I could have swore you said it was six episodes and it turned out to be five. I was like, holy shit, I'm already done. Like it was. Yeah, we. <laughs> Cody's like, what are they going to do for the sixth episode? And we try to find the sixth episode. <laughs> it, was, it was the best surprise ever. Alex said that too. He's well, like, it's all wrapped up. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're there. Um, we might as well talk about what consequences happen because of this falling out with these writers. They were supposed to write a third Yeti story that was going to be the finale for this season. But they were blacklisted by the BBC because of what happened during the production of the story or the writing of it. And it was going to be called The Laird of McCrimmon. It was going to be the TARDIS crew going back to Jamie's time and his family in Scotland and they're being attacked by the great intelligence and the Yeti and Jamie taking his rightful place as the Laird, which I guess is like a leader of some kind <laughs> of his clan. And, him, and you know, at this point he's expressing his desire to leave the show or for this to kind of be, or for him to be winding down. And, uh, because of this, we don't get that story. 
also because they condense this one from six to five, the next story we're going to watch, which was already written in four episodes, has some a different writer has to write a fifth episode to, to start it. Like they just cram a whole episode at the beginning. Ugh. And and it's incredible. Like oh. it makes the story like it 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 perfectly works and makes it one of the greatest stories in my opinion it's one of my favorites but then also because we're not going to get that Laird of McCrimmon story Derek Sherwin's Sherwin's assistant Terrence Dix and another writer that we'll talk about later that they are now asked hey can you just write a 10-parter to end the season and that's what we end up getting but this next one we're going to have that has another episode crammed onto it the one after that, and then the finale that's 10 episode, uh, just like, fiasco, are all fucking bangers. Like, they're all incredible, and they're all accidents that weren't supposed to happen. <laughs> Damn. Imagine that. Doctor Who is better when it's not really Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you'll see when we get there, it's the most Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> like, these are the stories that make Doctor Who what it is, what it is now. And we'll talk about it a whole bunch next year when we actually get to them. Jill, you got anything else? I felt like it was just like kind of romp. I like a romp. Oh, no. Yeah. Keep these romps <laughs> away from my Doctor Who. Do you think you'd prefer that it was a little more like it was supposed to be more of a satire and a little more jokey in the original writing and the. The script editor wanted them to get rid of it, or a lot of it. I felt like the doctor, like, I don't have any, like, specific quotes written down, but I felt like the doctor was, like, pretty satire throughout. Um, yeah, I think it creeps yeah. in at moments. Like, he was pretty light. Like, obviously, they're, he's, like, working on, you know, trying to save an entire planet, but... His acting stupid made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like, really, like, filters into that quickly. Like, it it was able to show a lot of like his smarts as well as Jamie and Zoe's, like just like Trout Trout's ability to be absolutely ridiculous, and then when he just drops his voice and he's just like, "Oh yes," <laughs> and then starts like being serious, and it's always like he always says, "Oh yes," <laughs> or something close to that. Like he he's so good, and it's such a bummer that like so much of his stories are missing. Maybe the best actor to play Doctor Who in the classic series. I did feel a little bit bad that they just like casually took out all of the main dude, the main bad dude. I don't know his name. Uh, Anyway, they just casually like took out all of his weapons. But the little tracker thing for like <laughs> how many were there. Um, That was cool. But why would you yeah, have it? Are you just cool. like preparing for them all to die? <laughs> Well, they're monitoring their power levels. Oh. Huh. That was neat. That was a fun... Again, the spaceship set is incredible. It really is. And yeah, just that representation of how many... Because they only made three quark costumes, so you only ever see three at a time. But to see on the board, like, oh, there's 10 or 12 or whatever, that that was actually, kind of, like, smart. Like, it makes you... It makes it feel like a world... And, you know, they tried doing it at the beginning with them having to travel by rocket and be like, well, we have this rocket technology. We can go to the other side of the world in a couple minutes on this rocket. 
like that's like okay kind of helps make it feel big and whatever but stuff like that makes it feel like oh there there is stuff going out when they say there's quirks at the four corners drilling holes like this makes it seem real just little touches in the set design really help these kind of stories i also loved the uh the dominators they most likely would have succeeded in whatever they were doing had the one dominator not been trying to just murder everyone like if you just did the work <laughs> right. they would have been in and out planet popped and they're eating it with their ships like every chance he had doubt like oh, he couldn't help course. himself search and destroy could every not time. help and i i just i i enjoyed that and like you could see in like the lead dominator he's just like this fucking guy i've been traveling for months <laughs> with this guy he's pissing how many me off. fucking times do i have to say it <laughs> we only have so much power we have to do oh, this shit. thing there's three fucking morons running around. Who cares? Yeah, it was. Like, oh, it was so good. Like the third time he has to like he has to actually like come out there and be like, dog, I don't know how to say this any differently. Are you stupid? Drill this fucking hole. <laughs> We're going to blow up the entire planet. Who gives a shit where those guys are? Oh, did we lose a quark? <laughs> 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 yeah it was it was incredible <laughs> so good okay you want to do some tweets maybe yeah. one or two nah <laughs> <laughs> okay james courtney and mr j courtney says better than some fans would have you believe but not brilliant if this story was better we would have had a third yeti story he also responds later when i retweeted this and saying the dominators have nice collars <laughs> <laughs> not not a lot of people willing to we to rewatch this one because those, <laughs> those people are BT smart at your cool 91 says a lame potential dalek replacement does a lame ripoff of dalek invasion of earth god this story sucks oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> at least suck. the chumblies the previous lame potential dalek replacement had a sort of kitsch charm. The quarks are just boring. No, the arms! Beep, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> well, BT, we apologize for the previous 40 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys didn't see that, but when I said that, I genuflected. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm by myself in my office. <laughs> <laughs> few more little fun facts here fun fact <laughs> boy that's a kickback <laughs> um i try to when i can name the people who have played the doctor that aren't the people that we know to have played the doctor so pretty much anytime you see patrick trouton running around in the quarry it's not patrick trouton <laughs> he was like I ain't dragging my ass out to some fucking quarry <laughs> for a day to just get shots of me running. Like, you could find, you could call my buddy Chris Jeffries, who doubled him uh, during his vacation week in the Wheel of Space in the previous story. So it's like, okay. So Chris Jeffries played the doctor in this story and the previous one because Patrick Troughton was like, no, 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 no. You catch me not outside 
How about that? Trying to find other people who like this story maybe as much as we do, Patrick Troughton requested that this story be shown at his birthday party very shortly before his death in March of 1987. How old was he? I don't know any more information than that as to why or how or what, but... Harry. Google. Oh my god. Patrick Troughton born or died. Well, he died in 1987 in March, as I just said. How old was he when he died, Terry? Was this his favorite story? He died March 28th, 1987. How old was he? He died. He would have been 57, like what? three days past his birthday. So you're saying when he shot this, he was 31? I don't know. When was he born? 1920. So he would have been 67. You <laughs> fucking idiot. You asked me for dates. That's still very <laughs> And you didn't know. give them to us. You just told us how old you thought he was. <laughs> 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 you get mad that we asked for something you did not give us. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, I like to look at the ratings for the episodes. I think I forgot last time, but episode one, six point one million viewers. We're kind of, we're really dipping below that eight million average we were hoping to maintain. See, or episode two, five point nine million. Episode three, five point four million. Episode four, seven point five million. Maybe the extra action was being advertised and people tuned in. Episode 5, 5.9 million. I did look up a chart where I saw that the weather... like I, I don't know why I can't get exact weather from these dates in the 60s. Like, someone had to have reported the weather. Why didn't someone write it down? Why isn't it on the internet? <laughs> but I did see, like, averages. Like, this was, like, a particularly... A like really nice August in London. Those first three weeks, it was like uh, in Fahrenheit, it was like ninety degrees, and uh, and then that fourth week when the rating shot up, it dipped down about twenty five degrees Fahrenheit to like the high sixties. So maybe people were just like happy to go in the house. But also, hey internet, tell me what weather or what the temperature was in every town. In the world, on every day of history. How's that so hard? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we constantly have, like, record high in 1942 was this. Right. It's like you can find out, like, oh, what was the... What was the headlines on your birthday? I want to know what the temperature was in London... On August 31st, 1968. Why is that so fucking hard? Sorry, I'm lost in Patrick Troughton's uh, wiki page. Oh, yeah? Uh, Yeah, he apparently married in 1943, divorced in 1955. Then, from 1955 until 1975, he had a partner. And then, 1976, married a different person. (laughs) This dude fucks. He's also got a couple of kids who are actors, including one that played, uh, or what we'll, we'll talk about later. He'll show up at stuff later. He has a couple. He has six. Well, he has two that have been in Doctor Who. 
Yeah, it says children, six, including David and Michael. Doesn't give any of the other names. <laughs> hey, yep. These are the David and Michael ones. and some fucking losers. <laughs> Back in the day where most of your children died at birth. That's good, because I wasn't going to include David or Michael. If your children die at birth, do you include them in your wiki? Yes. They're your babies. All right. Deep questions here. I'm disappointed we didn't get a question from Matt from Neither Time Nor Space podcast on that one. Although, in the podcast I just released yesterday, I did say that he gave us a dumb question. So that might be <laughs> Oh, if can you we listen not to it talk today. shit about that for one episode? <laughs> nah. Speed nice neighbors. If they would start doing their podcast again, I'll back off. <laughs> but until then, I like it. This is pressure on either Tyler Space to get your shit together Are they doing and new start episodes? doing your podcast. It's been ruined. No, they're on hiatus. Even hiatus. for new episodes, though? Like, when the new Don't episodes know. come out? Well, I'm sure Matt will still do the YouTube show. Yes. With all the, with all those losers. Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of losers. We have to talk about the future of this ep- this show. Oh. This podcast that we do. We are the losers. Sorry, I hold on. One more tidbit from Wikipedia. This dude uh was on March twenty seventh, was the guest at Magnum Opus Con two science fiction convention in Columbus, Georgia, United States. He was told like maybe you shouldn't go because of your heart and he's like ah, i'm Ooh. good and he went and he he w- went to the convention and late like the next day had a heart attack during breakfast the convention killed him <laughs> oh god yeah, did he die he died immediately yeah oh. the nerd flu will get you conventions yeah that convention fucked him <laughs> Fucking nerds. I mean, it did say his third and final heart attack, so maybe he should have oh, paid more attention. Oh no. <laughs> oh, it's time to chill for a bit, bro. Anyway. Next time on Married to Who. <laughs> As I was saying, for next time, I'm super excited for these last three David Troutons. David Trouton, fuck me. These last three Patrick Trouton stories. Because they're all so good. But it's looking like it's going to be next year before we get to them. Our next recording will be the Wednesday after the new special airs. So it'll be Wednesday the 29th. Today's the 8th. Um, Normally we would have recorded on the 22nd, but I will be gone on vacation. Um, We can do it without you. Sure, do it. Super special podcast. <laughs> the Mind Robber. Go for it. So, November 25th, that's when the first David's Tenant special airs, The Star Beast. We will be recording every Wednesday after the new episodes, and I will try my damnedest to get them out before the next one airs, but I'm bad at being punctual, and uh, I'm just busy as shit. So we'll see. And this this episode we're recording right now, where I'm explaining all this, will probably come out after those specials. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So there will be tiny wimey, big ball. Nobody knows when Shooty's first season is airing. I imagine they'll announce it around Christmas. 
but that'll dictate uh, where we go from there. But our classic Who Watch will be taking a break until 2024, and we'll finish the Troughton era then. Oh, I'm so sad. Worst news. I like the Troughton era. And again, these next three are the best three. The next one's going to be great. Jill, who's your MVP? Zoe. Terry? Uh, Jamie. Cody? Jamie. Big bombs. Alex? Dominator 1. Terry, what's his name? Uh, Rago. Actor name? Uh, I think it was the Allen guy, wasn't he? You're the one looking at it. Well, I clicked to another thing. Let me... I don't know why you stop looking at Ronald it. Ronald Allen. Your job. Unless You're you want the, the blood hungry one, then that's Kenneth Ives. No, no, no. no, no, no that's no, Dominator no. 2. He's beta for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sam? Uh, the explosion, specifically the one that killed the three boxes. And I will be going with the set designer, and Terry's about to say his name for the second time. Barry Newberry. Barry Newberry. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's a Newberry. Definitely. It's weird that his name's. Buried Newberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you that that's his first name. Creative parents. <laughs> it is Barry. I don't I guess Terry, we kind of forgot to do your segment, but you know, we're an hour in. We always cut it out anyways. <laughs> he started um, it. I did not like this one. <laughs> oh yeah, that was kind of where I wanted to go eventually. <laughs> Terry, you were far and away. Your vote was way worse than everybody else's. You won the game. Go. Uh, just right off the bat, appearance on everyone's part was just terrible, except the TARDIS team. Uh, the Dominators look like pinatas and casts. Uh, the <laughs> Quarks were just clunky. The Towels team was just terrible. The Oh, I felt so bad. Like... The Dominators look so great, but then they did a close-up of Rago, and the stage makeup was so harsh and strong that it's just like, you look like you got painted on by a child. Well, and it's like apparently he was too good-looking, so they were trying to do, like, vertical lines in his makeup yeah. to make him seem more, like, dour. <laughs> Which, far away, perfect. Up close, it was like, <laughs> that was a bad choice. And then just the urgency of again this is the writing part of it uh you have two dominators down here with quarks and it's like you're telling me your whole fleet needs refueling of this energy from this planet project and it's just two of you like once you find out these people are idiots send down more of your fleet to take over They're this dominators thing. the fleet's not close well, what? They're going to explode the planet and then just... It only hope takes it all two dominators, man. <laughs> well, how they were falling apart, he should have called if for reinforcements. If the doctor hadn't been there, it would have been the easiest day of their lives. Okay, also that, too. So they've now made a volcano. Who's to say that hasn't, like, destroyed the whole ecosystem around this whole area and the volcano doesn't go crazy and the planet just goes under anyway? Or that they dominators no, don't it's come be small. back. They said that. Yeah, the doctor hasn't been wrong before. Yeah, no, the thing like, you said about the volcano was dumb, but yes, they're definitely going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then that's too. Like, did the 
towel people. I forget what they are. Dulcimers, dulcers, whatever. Um, Nailed uh, it. First try. Yeah. Uh, like, have they learned? Are they no longer going to be peaceful? And like, oh, shit, we need to defend ourselves and rethink everything. <laughs> they didn't learn anything. All those guys in the council, all they know is that they said, let's not do anything. They didn't do anything. And nothing happened. Yeah. It's like, oh, my well, God. They, they got a new volcano. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh. And so instead of a instead of a shitty island that's full of radiation that they send all their students to, now they have a volcano to study. Yeah. I oh man, I kind of feel like we needed a sixth episode just to see the aftermath of everything without the doctor there. But I yeah, don't know. it's just the fleet showing up and murdering everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's three minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I it was a slog, and middle couple episodes were just who cares. Not much is happening. We're just watching weak people move rocks. Cool. All right. I watched the first two episodes three times. Oh. Because <laughs> after... Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> just the soul rip from Cody. <laughs> after, after the last time we recorded, which was three weeks ago, I was just like in a Doctor Who mood. So I just like the next day I just fired it up. And I watched two episodes, I was like, cool. And then, like, a week later, I was like, oh, I should start getting ready for the podcast. I, I better start over, because I watched those a week ago. And then we didn't do a podcast. And then yesterday, I was like, oh, shit, I gotta start getting ready for a podcast. <laughs> I better start over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I really on purpose. like that this race had two hearts, though. I thought that was fun, and uh, that it wasn't touched on. Or anything what by else the doctor. Yeah, they barely <laughs> mention it. Yeah. Tits? Good one, Jill. <laughs> yeah, it's always my intention to try to watch these twice before we do a podcast, and it has never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I can barely if, watch it once. If a race has two buttholes, does that mean they have three cheeks or four? <laughs> Depends on where the butthole is. There's so many more questions that are spawned <laughs> from that. <laughs> I love how that was the most excited Cody has been, and he just jumped up onto his microphone. It was louder than he's been the entire when podcast. I, when I, I have to comment on this butthole theory, he just, oh, I'm leaning forward now. He just muted the mic so he could cough. I was so he's like, I I need, I they need to hear this. Buttholes. Excuse me, I have more questions about the buttholes. <laughs> I did. Uh, nah, buttholes. Yes. Yeah. I did love the dynamic between the doctor and the. Yeah, we're done. Compa- okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex, do the Ooh. All right. This has been Married to Who, our episode on the Dominators. If you would like to participate with us, you can do so on our Twitter slash X page, Married to Who Pod. If you want to listen to any of our podcasts besides the most 100 recent ones, you can do so on our website, MarriedToWho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening, and please join us next time for the Star Beast. Dun <laughs> <laughs>